Welcome to the Newscape Higher Ed Podcast, featuring your hosts, Don Betts and Mark Stansberry. In this episode, Don and Mark discuss navigating board governance in a time of crisis. This podcast is brought to you by Newscape Higher Ed Advisors, helping university leaders effectively serve their faculty, staff, students, and community. Visit newscape.us to find out more. Welcome to another episode of Newscape Hired Advisors. I'm Mark Stansbury. Yes, and I'm Don Betts. Today, our topic is navigating board governance in a time of crisis. And Don, as, as president of several universities and your uh, leadership in higher education throughout the years, you've worked with numerous boards and have dealt with individual board members and board chairs. And, and this subject alone is so important today in the achievement of higher education and throughout the U.S., in uh, navigating board governance. Uh, can you give us examples of some board governance that you have seen uh, in the past and what you see is going to happen in the future and what's needed in the future as well? Well, Mark, thank you. And again, I want to make it clear that our, our listeners understand that Mark's experience uh, on higher education and other boards is extensive over decades and has served as chair numerous times. And um, many of us have benefited uh, from his very wise leadership, particularly at points of, of challenge that we, we would all face. So I will make some remarks, but Mark, I, I look to you and your experience and perhaps some of the challenges and opportunities that we face together. So if you look through the literature that's out now about board governance, you find obviously quite a bit of reference to the current challenges, particularly to the coronavirus, to COVID-19, obviously, and to, and to the to what's happening on, on campuses. So the trusteeship um, publication from the Associated Governing Boards in July and August, every one of their, almost every one of their topics relates to this issue in some way. And I was really drawn to, uh, Mark, to a, a, a point that they made about board chairs. You've served several times as board chair. I've worked with board chairs. I've worked, served on boards before that had board chairs. And we both know that there are um, that there are board chairs and there are board chairs. And at the end of your service as a board chair, you all get the same plaque, right? But in the interim, in the two, three, four, five years, whatever it might have been that the person served, what happened between taking the oath and receiving the plaque can be light years different from one another. There are those that that follow the letter of the of the regulations and have the meetings and and life probably doesn't change a whole lot. Then there are those who are the natural change agents who step into the role and appreciate what I would say is the gravity of the position and step forward in working to create very strong relationships within the board, the board of the institution, which I hope we'll talk about you and I a little bit later, and the board to the community. Those board chairs serving the same amount of time, getting the same plaque, end up making a contribution which can significantly advance the opportunities and the future of the institution. I have had the, I've had the good fortune of working with boards that were exceptional, but I've also had the other experiences. And there is a distinction with a difference. And you can almost tell from the beginning 
when the board chair takes over. Even if the board chair is relatively new and like you might say unschooled, you can tell almost immediately what the attitude is. Is this, um, is this a resume building opportunity for the institution or is she really step in and accept this role because she wanted to make a difference? She wants to understand the institution. She wants to help the board serve the institution and she wants to create the best possible image of the institution as the board carries the institution its reputation out into the community. That attitude of the, of the board chair is paramount to the success, A, of the board, and I think B, of the institution. Now, I can tell you that I've been to a lot of meetings with presidents that were insistent that had boards. And when you mentioned the board, um, there was certain body language that would be adopted that lets you know that they weren't particularly excited about the opportunity of meeting with the board that they didn't consider to be value-added. There are others that if you mentioned board or board member, or in some cases, board chair, where you had a quite different reaction. Why? Because there was an ongoing connection. There was a real dialogue occurring between board chair, the board, and the president or the chancellor. The, these were moments when you thought, this is somebody who not only understands what we're trying to do, but is in my corner. Not that they're going to agree with everything that I think as a president, but that someone who has the best interests of the institution at heart, understands its role and responsibilities, holds our quote, feet to the fire, but in a way that we do it in a collaborative fashion and helps build the future of the institution to be able to serve those students. And I can tell you after those 49 years, it was a pure pleasure to work with some board chairs because I knew that we were going to have a value-added conversation, we were going to make progress, and we were going to mutually understand the challenges. I never felt with some board chairs that it was adversarial. I always felt that it was collaborative and mutual benefit that we could meet and work together. And I think that distinction, Mark, is really um, an important one because there are board chairs and then there are board chairs. Don, I appreciate your kind words uh, in regard to my service as chair and on the board. With that said, I, I definitely don't have uh, all the answers to this day. And I think that might be an advantage as a board chair in the sense to think that way. <laughs> because as a board, I was always hoping at least that the dialogue would come from all the board members, the presidents, the faculty, students, staff, and so forth. Because I wanted the best information as possible to be informed to make the right decisions. And hopefully we made some great ones. And uh, I'm sure there's been some that weren't as, as good as we'd hope. But I, I, I think that was the goal because I was hope, hoping to instill trust. And that trust is a board chair to the presidents and the faculty and administration and so forth is important to me because I wanted to reach out. And I think sometimes I'd reach out and, and I, I think president would, presidents would go, why is this board chair reaching out? There must be in trouble. There must be something going on. And so, but it was more for communication. And if I'd had the open line of communication, I knew I would hear over a period of time, it's a trust. It's, it's not just to say, hey, what's going on? What's, what's, what's in the news or going to be in the news? It's more of uh, what's, what's happening with you and, and tell me about yourself. Tell me about your, your, what's going on with your staff and your faculty. How can we be helpful and forward? members, not just board chair. And uh, I know we 
practiced uh, or had a time where we monthly would meet, Don, when you were chairman of the President's Council and I was chairman of the Board of Regents. We wound up having a monthly meeting and talking about uh, plans and strategic plans and goals. And, and also, I would try to walk across the campus and get a feel of what's going on uh, without really letting people know that I'm just walking across the campus as a board member. I also concerned citizen and walking across the campus and seeing uh, the attitude of, of uh, students and faculty and and so forth. And so it gained quite a bit from that. And then I think uh, participating in community uh, events, I think is important as well. And reaching out to the community and get the feeling of what's happening to the community uh, in regard to uh, opportunities with higher education. Uh, and so it really was a matter of trust uh, and also communication. Uh, the communication was so essential to me as a board chair, because if I knew, again, what the president's feelings were, community leaders, students, uh, and uh, all, all interested parties, stakeholders, it, it played a big part, alums and so forth. I think it played a big part in helping form and being informed to make really, hopefully, good decisions for the future of higher education. Now, we didn't know what was coming ahead, and that is the pandemic and some other issues before like we have today. But I think we had hopefully established a, a good foundation to work from through the years. You as president, uh, and of course, my years serving as chair, as well as the board members. Uh, I think what I'm hearing uh, across uh, the campuses, not not necessarily regionally or state, across the nation, there are many board members that are really engaged, but there are several that are not. And that worries me because this is probably the most opportune time to step up as a board chair or board member. And so the board governance is so important. I mean, you're gonna, the board members are going to have to look at, at policies that may be modified. They're going to have to look at uh, some opportunities when it comes to the digital world and on and on. Decisions are going to have to be made quickly and at the same time uh, have all the information possible before them. So uh, I say that uh, the challenge with the board is to be fully engaged. Right now, it's going to be even more than uh, the normal in that there's going to be task force established, committee meetings that, that uh, weren't uh, even known that we're going to be thinking about, and a lot of opportunities before us. But I know there's board members that uh, have had uh, have not attended regularly like they should have. Uh, and I've heard this from some campuses across the nation that they weren't engaged. They had some board members weren't even reading the, their, uh, their minutes. Um, that's can't be done now and it shouldn't have been done all along, but especially now you need to be up to date. If not, I, I use that is, uh, not just, we don't just give up. We don't just step up. Uh, sometimes it's better to step aside and, or like I say, step up. So we've got that challenge ahead of us too, but it's not a it's it's a small minority of folks that uh, in the in the scheme of things that are not stepping up like they should. But I when it, when one board member is not really engaged, it hurts the whole board. Uh, I I see that with uh, I know you as president, Don, have seen this happen as well. I tell you, Mark, listening to you, I was reflecting on some of the um, initiatives that were undertaken while you were the, you were board chair. And thinking back as to why we were able to make that kind of progress, for example, the dashboard of metrics um, that uh, was considered to be uh, an archetype or a model for, for other institutions, 
And I think I know the part of it was the trust that you um, that you built and that you earned with the presidents and with the president's uh, teams in order to be able to do this work and to get it done right. Um, and your communication with us uh, uh, built that trust. And I was thinking, so what what were the what were the the keys to that trust? And one of them it may sound particularly pedestrian is that when you said you were come to, coming to a meeting, you came. And I remember that wasn't always the case. And so the president would be meeting on a day of the board and we might see the, the chair individually or not. But when you said you were coming, you were there. And because of that, over a period of months, the conversations with the presidents and you as chair took on a very uh, practical, a transparent, um, and and open a conversation so that there was enough comfort to raise issues that some would never have raised under any circumstances because of the environment as chair that you created by what you said, but even more importantly, by what you did. And then you 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 came to us and said, it's time for us to have across the system set of metrics that we can evaluate and judge where we are and move on. And you know that teams from our institution and others stepped up and, and the results uh, are what they are. And hopefully they're, they continue to be updated because it was a great step forward in really understanding the parameters of the challenges, uh, challenges that we have. One of the, just one more point from me on that, and that has to do with this time and this challenge that we're in. I would think that perhaps more than even close to normal, this would be a time for individual members of the board to reach out to the institutions and provide that consistent, verbal, moral support. There are new presidents and old, there are people who have faced challenges and others who have not. They're now coming together and forming new coalitions to accomplish goals that have never done it before. Words of encouragement, words of, <clears throat> words of, uh, of praise and words of advice coming at the right time from the right sources, members of the board and particularly the board chair, I think would be immensely appreciated uh, by presidents and by their teams. So uh, hopefully your colleagues around the country are, are, are doing that and that the presidents uh, and their teams are, are being reinforced in doing this long haul work that they have in front of them, they're nowhere near out of this as we start and look at the beginning of a uncertain fall, what higher ed will look like over the next six to 12 months. Don, I'm glad you mentioned that because there, uh, I know of a president or presidents have written handwritten notes to leaders in their community and board members and, and others, and that's been very well received. And others have kind of hidden away uh, not being seen, not communicating either presidents and board chairs uh, that are not being seen, not being heard from. And that's so important right now to be in the forefront of uh, all times, even more so, because uh, it's it, everyone's needing some security, knowing that uh, their jobs may be threatened, uh, community development, economic development may be challenged, uh, students being able to attend and so forth. Uh, all this is a challenging times you mentioned. And so I would, first of all, define, if I were in that position right now as board chair, is define the challenges, but also define opportunities. 
the, defining the opportunities ahead are so right before us that we can have all these options ahead of us. And look at that in a positive way. Now that we're at this point in time where now we can modify certain things, transform, uh, look at metrics, redefine our metrics, redefine policies, uh, how we work together as a staff, as administration, as board, uh, board, as a community leaders, and so forth. And the ultimate goal, of course, is the success of the student. But making sure the faculty, as I've mentioned before, is properly tooled with uh, what they need. Uh, so I would say that the challenges are there, but wow, what great opportunities we have for each one of us to be a part of this transformative time in, uh, in history in higher education. I think board members have another unique role to play, and I've watched you and others do it well, and that is um, to reinforce the worth, the value of higher education in the community. And we know that there are all kinds of interpretations these days about the value and efficacy of higher education, other pathways for can be taken for careers, which obviously is true. But there is a there is a subset of our society that basically sounding like they're more anti higher education than pro, and some of that is based on all kinds of, of reasons and experiences. But board members, being public people, uh, not employees of the institution, uh, and having businesses and serving in a variety of of roles in the society, they are in a unique position to almost challenge um, a bias, a rumor, or a, or a misconception by saying and understanding that, no, I actually know this institution, or I know higher education, and that's not what happens. This is not the way it works. And, and then reminding, of course, that higher education is the, is the incubator of talent that is basically impacts our society as few others do. And that's why universities have been around since for centuries in order to be able to, to continue to um, increase the, the wealth and um, opportunity that exists within society. I, um, I think about board members carrying that message as a real person in real time to other members of our community. And I think it's very valuable that they do that. The opportunities at a, at a university, and I agree with what you're saying, Don, um, is definitely why certain uh, groups or individuals throughout uh, the nation have defined higher education as uh, not really uh, being able to adapt and maybe mislead to higher education through their students and the outcomes of the students. When in fact, the way I look at it is this way. It, it's a great time for a student to be able to open uh, their, their minds to different ways of life uh, whether it's talking politically, whether it's talking about religion, whether it's talking about philosophy, uh, science, on and on, higher education op gives the opportunity to have discussion. I've had discussions with so many that don't agree with me, different beliefs. And so the misconception is, well, they're going, they, whoever they are, are going to uh, teach you a way that's not the way you should think. So I find that critical thinking is so important in our life, especially now more than ever, that critical thinking means to look at different ways of, of life and come up with your decision. Similar to what I do as a board chair or as a board member. You become informed. 
you, you hear from all different ways uh, of, of how to do things, uh, different life uh, expectancies from the standpoint of how people look at certain issues and come up with a decision of your own critical thinking. So it's, higher education has its place by all means and uh, very important. Uh, when I see a student, as I've mentioned before, walk across the platform, I don't go, well, does that student um, have a certain kind of religion or are they from a certain uh, political party? Uh, I'm just so thrilled to see that student walk across that platform and to think that they've had this opportunity to have been trained for their future, to receive that diploma. And then we had a small part of that as a, as a board member or board chair. Um, I'm very high, as you know, on higher education. Uh, it definitely has its place in, in our society. It's a great time to be able to debate, to discuss. And, uh, and there, there are those that definitely abuse that uh, from different uh, uh, parts of our society. But for the most part, I see that we, uh, and I've seen you worked out very well when there was a, I know several years ago when there was a, it actually been just a couple of years ago when there was a, de a debate that was, um, could have gone different ways as far as uh, the outcomes. You opened up the campus to debate, to have uh, opportunity to discuss uh, the issues firsthand, uh, opposing issues. But I thought it was very healthy. And I think that's what our education is about. One issue I'd like to raise um, today jumped out at me um, from the trusteeship magazine from AGB for July and August. It's an article that Jill Derby wrote about board chairs. And I couldn't think of a better person to comment on this than you. So she says that um, the term bridge and buffer has been used to characterize the role of higher education governing boards and could apply certainly to the board chair. The board must navigate the two lanes of authority, board and the president. This makes the board chair, this is what I was getting to, quote, a bridge and a buffer between the two. The board and the president must share a sense of partnership and common cause to effectively work together. As board, board chair, tell me a little bit, or tell our listeners a little bit about this bridge and buffer uh, that Jill mentioned, because I think it really, Tell us a little bit about that role. Well, I think in, in summary, I think that uh, it's so important that uh, the board chair has his responsibility, his or her responsibility, that is a, 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 a guide, but not necessarily uh, definitely mic micromanaging. It's being there to assist, to uh, support, and to help uh, both the uh, president as well as his support staff and, and others to make sure, again, they're properly, uh, have the proper tools or whatever is necessary to get the job done, but to not, to know that they're there to roll the sleeves, to be by their side, to speak when necessary and to not speak when not called upon in a sense, to be there to support the president at all times. And I think that goes back to the trust and the communication um, because the, it's definitely a bridge. We're the bridge to make sure that uh, you have, uh, as a president, the policies in, in place. You have uh, the budget, hopefully, in place, financials in place, uh, that you have a structure in place that is workable. But then you let the president 
uh, do his or her job in the right way. And when you see that that's not uh, working properly, you, you have a discussion and work through that. But also the president should feel the same way to call the board chair and say, you need to work in this area and to have this open discussion of I need help this way, to be able to reach out to each other. So that's the, that's the, the bridge uh, to success and the buffer is that we definitely are there for that as well. Right, because I'm, we both know that there can be a whole range of personalities on, on a board. Uh, the board chair, in many ways, plays that, that buffering role to, um, to harmonize, if I may use the term, to harmonize all the differences of opinion that will probably, probably arise along the way. Well, I'm glad you said that because that's uh, better you say it than myself. I guess having worked with other board members uh, uh, when we're working, in fact, board members working with me is probably a better way to say it is that when you're working together, you have, whether it's five, 10, or 20 members on a board, uh, there's probably five, 10, 20 different, <laughs> sometimes uh, ways of looking at uh, of, of things. And, uh, and so we have to balance that out. And before we get the results to the president, we definitely have to have some discussion to make sure that we're all in line. There's alignment. Not necessarily will we, uh, when you say alignment, doesn't mean we're all going to definitely uh, uh, agree uh, in, 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 uh, in the end, but we're going to align and make sure that we, uh, and I think part of that's being able to have open discussion. I find that uh, the best way in a, on a board is to be able to go around the room to each individual, let them uh, discuss and give them about the same amount of time each to cover certain subjects, certain topics. And uh, to listen, listen carefully. I think it's important to definitely listen um, and be uh, slow in in the in speaking about things, but be quick to listen. And I think that that pays off um, in so many different ways. So the attitude of of, uh, of listening and really being sincere and genuine is so important. But to definitely bring the team together, which the team is in the board, is a challenge at times, but how rewarding it can be as well. So I think one of the final um, perspectives I would offer today on, on boards and board chairs has to do with the role of the board chair in guarding against what many presidents probably fear deep in the, in the night, and that is micromanaging. So we have circumstances uh, that we could both cite where enthusiastic members of boards um, not understanding, often understanding the full perspective of where the limitations are in terms of board service, see their role as helping to make decisions or encouraging decisions or imposing decisions um, that relate directly to issues that should be in the province of the campus decision makers, including the president and those that he or she deputizes. Uh, I know from the president's perspective, if you if you raise in a conversation with a group, if you raise question of boards, micromanage will come up at some time. It just will, because I think almost every president or chancellor along the way has had an, uh, an experience like that. On the other side, the board, particularly the board chair that recognizes that can happen and guards against it by the by the by the quality of the leadership and by the expectations that the board chair sets down for board members as well as for him or herself, 
goes a long way in quieting the fears that a president might have that, oh my goodness, they're going to come in here and tell me I should do it this way or so-and-so shouldn't be in that position or why didn't I? And all those other issues which go beyond the, the governance role. Um, so I thought for my my presidential colleagues that may be out there listening, I if you've dealt with the issue of micromanaging, I understand that, but I also see the contrary, which is board chair who understands the challenges and intervenes early so that doesn't happen. No, and I, I can, I do have examples uh, uh, that have, uh, that can enter my mind, but that said, uh, the goal is to make sure the president is a spokesman most of the time, uh, to a great deal of the time. There's times where the board chair uh, will need to step up and be a spokesman, spokesperson. But most times uh, we're there to be a support for the president and, and a vocal support of the president. Uh, but definitely micromanage is not something that I've ever uh, wanted to be part of. And I encourage other board chairs and board members to avoid that at all costs because uh, we're not there for that reason. But we are there to be engaged. And I challenge board members to be more engaged than they've ever been, challenge board chairs to be engaged more than they've ever been, uh, to reach out to their, uh, their community, to the students, to be seen, uh, not necessarily always heard, but to be seen that they're supportive, to listen, to be carefully uh, watching uh, what trends are happening, what uh, can be uh, in place for their campus down the road and uh, to stay ahead as far as being informed when there's opportunities to <clears throat> be on a Zoom call where there's a webinar or conference, please, I uh, encourage you to do so. Um, don't wait uh, for a president to, to say, here's a webinar you should be part of or we encourage you to learn more about this. Be engaged. Be supportive of your higher education efforts. And uh, you'll see results because of that. And you'll be, because you're more informed, uh, you're going to make better uh, decisions for the students and the faculty. And uh, it's going to be a better uh, system because of you. Well, I think the relationship that uh, you have personified is one of ally rather than adversary between board chairs and board presidents. Um, and a model that says that micromanaging is not the preferred relationship between the, the board chair and the institution. And that has never been lost on, on those that have uh, had the good fortune of working with you as board member and, and board chair. But I think the advice you have offered to uh, board members everywhere is really relevant. And hopefully as we make our way through this continuing uh, period, this passage that is unprecedented in recent, recent history, that we, we realize that we are allies and allied, we can accomplish outstanding opportunities, outstanding things in order to expand access and affordability for students so that they can receive the education that they deserve. Thanks for joining us for this discussion of navigating board governance in a time of crisis. Make sure to visit our website at newscape.us. Also, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. Stay tuned for more episodes on crucial topics for higher ed administrators and board members.